on a very special edition of Verbal Tap. We love it when we get to come together and try and ask the question, what the fuck is Conor McGregor doing, thinking, trying to articulate, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, show that proves fighting not always safer outside the cage, sadly. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raf Esparza. Raf, Conor apologizes to the MMA community about <laughs> striking an old man back in April. Are you satisfied with his apology? The parts where he said, yes, I should be to blame and I take full responsibility, that's fun. The parts where Ariel Hawani were asking him or was asking him, could you tell me a little bit about what happened in the Miami incident? And it's like, uh, uh, I've moved past that. Yeah. And he's moved past this one, too, because this was four months ago, and he just now apologized to it, which to me is, Ugh. I think, I want to give him props for really coming to terms so aggressively that he didn't even think about it until the press started to bring it up. I mean, that always, you asked if I watched his apology, I didn't, I did enjoy your joke about it, for that joke, head on over to Verbal Tap, mm. all of the social media platforms, but you specifically gave a little... Um, that maybe he didn't fully apologize for all of the offenses to the MMA community. There's obviously the humanitarian part. That's that he's punching an old man, not even doing like a Nate Diaz slap, which at least has a dignified. That's how they used to do it in the 1700s. This one, he's only apologizing for the the actions. He's not even apologizing for the fact that he has no power left in his in his left shot, which you... I apologize for not having any more power in me left. <laughs> Is really what it, I wanted it to read like, but I was like, I don't think I can phonetically spell out how the impression is supposed to sound. I just hope that people take the leap of faith. I with loved me. it. I honestly at first was like, is that a quotation? And then I saw you wrote <laughs> probably. I was like, thank God. All right. I was at least semi worried that is what he came out. He's like, I heard all of the feedback and I really, I, I get it. Um, well, because you have to realize the first thing that you should be asking yourself is, why are you doing this? That's the first thing that went through my head was, why why now? You mentioned something to the effect of, well, you know, this would have been nice back in April. Granted, we didn't know he punched a dude in a bar until recently. So Connor walked us through how he saw people were informed about it. He told a very, very understanding era Hawani who did not ask leading questions at all. No. And those questions weren't already approved. No, and... definitely not. And it was not made in conjunction with the UFC to maybe bypass this as some damage control so that we can get him back to fighting. Not or in the Connor's least. press team. Nobody was a part of this no. horseshit charade. Not at all. What was what do you think the delay was, Rav? You've done a little PR in your life, because here's just me. This is just me. If I smacked an old man the next day, I'd be like, "Oh my god, that was assault!" Like I need to go, I need to make amends now. Connor sure. didn't exactly do that. He kind of waited until the press reported on it. Then he waited till the backlash was pretty significant. Then he was like, "Look, I'm sorry." That sounds extremely genuine to me. I mean, he probably had maybe like an important vacation, you think, or worse. So his explanation, they did multiple segments. And what I want to put in your guys' head, and maybe you might push back on me a little bit on some of this, uh, fans 
I don't know that Kevin will, but I think he'll kind of understand what I'm saying on this very quickly. This kind of felt like our version in MMA of the decision. Do you remember a time when LeBron James... Oh, hold on. I'm going to... Go ahead. You make your point. I'm excited to hear this. Okay. Do you remember a time when LeBron James took time on ESPN to announce where he would go, but he didn't actually announce it for an hour's worth of time, instead wasting our time to tell us about the difficulty of doing the decision? This one was like the apology. And granted, they started it off like, let's get straight to it. And when they got straight to it, it was like, yeah, you know, I feel so bad and I take full responsibility. And you're like, okay, where else are we going here? By segment two, he's just like, yeah, and you know, oh, I miss the game and the game misses me and it's hard for me to not watch. I'm a fan, okay? It hurts. And then meanwhile, Ariel's trying to be like, okay, cool. We have to go through all of your fucking shit. Which, by the way, they didn't even really touch upon the Dolly situation. If that goes to show you the multitude of things that have happened to Conor McGregor, they very briefly touched on the phone smashing incident, but Connor wanted to move on. This was about punching an old man in the face, which to me initially is why we made the joke of, I mean, is he just getting on here because he's embarrassed that he has footage of him that's not knocking out a dude with his left hand? Because Errol Hawani did ask him, he goes, would you consider that a punch? And he's like, uh, that's not important, Ariel. What is important is I'm moving past it. And it's like, that was the best way to sideswipe. Like, really? Did you put some heat on that? Because if you did, that's a little embarrassing. Like, Which maybe is where go we're work looking for a little conciliary. I want a little bit of him to be, I'm surprised <laughs> he has zero sense of humor about this. Maybe because he's so petrified that all of a sudden everybody's like, fuck you, Connor. But so to me, there is, is a part yeah. of him that's like, yeah, I did notice my game's gotten a little weak. But, I mean, luckily for Connor, the old guy didn't get him to the ground. Fair. Now, here's some more important news that you should get. We did get to an answer uh, a little bit later as to why he was doing this, or at least motivated to talk. Because, again, we're still stuck on the, like, why now? And why is the timing? And what's all going on? Connor, maybe in about the third segment, described how he was disappointed that he was having a fun day with his family. I think it was his one of his kids's church, let's say communion or confirmation, whatever they do. And he was saying what a blissful day. He had the whole family over and then they broke this news from April. How dare they? The press. So he's like. Me and my family, we were, we were just enjoying ourselves. We were celebrating, and then all of a sudden, they put out this uh, this video of something that I clearly did, that was from April. But April, you know, kind of like, <laughs> just, it's like he was more mad they sideswiped him on a day he was with his family. While we're, as opposed, those are sacred days where <laughs> press should just take a day off, you dicks. While we're making comparisons, because <laughs> even though the decision did actually have a lot fewer old people hit in the face, I'm right. not going to say none, but fewer. This to me feel his response as you're articulating it feels like when you hear a couple, it's like you cheated on me and then you lied. I'm not even mad you cheated. 
it's that you lied. It's like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. You're mad you got caught. You're, right. You're not moving past anything. This is the media's fault. If you had come out and maybe shared with us this small altercation ahead of time, which is why Dana White's face was amazing. <laughs> they really think this wasn't going to come out, or they were just hoping it would be maybe like three years after Connor retired. I, don't, I just don't understand what their hope was here. Well, okay, then it becomes a little prevalent as to, oh, he's doing this because he wants to get back to fighting. So there was some talk. Why the hell else is he talking to Ariel Hawani? Well, I'll tell you this. There was an awkward moment when Ariel Hawani, as they were winding down the interview, uh, Ariel Hawani tells him, he goes, you know, Connor, it's so good that you're back and that we have you, you know, we've missed you. And Connor was like, hey, you're the one that outcast me. You know, uh, and I'm like, wait, are you arguing that Errol Hawani hasn't tried to get in contact with you? Are you blaming him for the fact that maybe you were a little toxic for a little bit and maybe you should, you know, fix your life before we talk to you in public? So there was just a weird moment of like, you didn't call me. And I have almost a whole different response, which is fuck off, Ariel. (laughs) We don't miss him right now. Nate Diaz took over the throne. He's there. He did great. Ah. This piece of shit is now needs some therapy. Like he's no. getting into the John Jones like echelon. Obviously, he's nowhere close. He's still now, got a Ken, lot of work to do. You may be touching upon the real reason why he's doing it. So, John Jones. <laughs> uh, well, he the Ariel did me mention. Up. He just goes, you know, you've seen the cases of these other fighters. I don't need to say who they are, John Jones. Who his pictures have, behind him? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just but I love that Ariel is trying so hard to be like, but you've seen the way that this has happened to somebody who has made it, who has worked hard. You see this case a number of times in MMA, John Jones. So he, he did his best not to say the name, but you could feel John Jones and others of the like, although not to the extent of picograms and hitting pregnant ladies and etc. and cocaine bitches. But I digress. What he does, John Jones, though. I wish John Jones took this more, too. And he, this is a little bit of his textbook where it's like, mm. I've moved past that. I've yeah. moved forward. At least John Jones normally is just like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, he doesn't even give. He's like, that's between me and God. It's always it's much more private versus Connor gets um, almost like a little whiny in these situations. Like, yeah. we're supposed to have sympathy that your day was interrupted because you hate family. With, with me family and all quiet and it was all nice and then they just came and they were so mean. I also want to counter that I think this means he's done. I think this means he's washed. Mm, okay. All right. Now let's get into it. So you touched upon something. You said a name and I think that's what triggered him. I think watching Nate Diaz this weekend and he put up a post and he's been putting up posts anyway. Like he's still talking like he's the king of the mountain. And the thing is – he is still, with or without controversy, one of the most recognizable, if not the most recognizable, MMA star we have. The decisions have split so much further away from him because he keeps doing crazy-ass shit. So now you do have some Connor defenders that I think have had to work a lot of hours to figure out how to defend that man, even under the most dire of circumstances. Luckily, they have a lot of experience already. When you're that blindly faithful, they've already had to go through it with Trump. So there's a good yeah. parallel usually. <laughs> so it's like, how do I really maneuver my mind to be blind to the bad? 
To me, this is that's funny. You're you're coming in. You've got like a. Uh, I was just watching Mindhunter, so you're like say, you're saying the Nate Diaz triggered him. Maybe he did. I've never he seen did. Nate Diaz so happy. So oh, because when we got to the part of the interview, and you like I, Kevin, we are searching for the truth. Because if you're gonna waste our time for an hour, there better be a goddamn good reason. It so was we an hour. Yeah, it was an hour. Oh my god, that's a lot of apologizing to not be doing for an hour. No, I said up front I was I was sad and you know I felt bad and then segment two I was like well you know I keep taking the bait because the media and the fans they push you and I shouldn't do that but I want to be a martial artist segment three while we're speaking of some things <laughs> just him now starting to turn this is when it starts to seep in and yes he does mention Nate Diaz and he mentions how happy he is for him that oh, now great. Nate Diaz is using the platform to be that linchpin to be a businessman and he hopes that his CBD business does just as well as Connor's outside ventured businesses but I venture to say this as conciliatory as he was Kev I think that's what set him off was watching Nate Diaz come back in and become the darling and Right back into the spotlight. Like nobody cares about Diaz's record. They want to see him in Jorge. And suddenly that Diaz-Connor trilogy was more contingent and necessary for Connor to take rather than Diaz. Because now Diaz has options because he's hot again. And I think that upset maybe or made him more competitive because he mentioned how much he wanted to compete. Ariel asked him if he would compete in 2019. And he's like, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can we can make that happen because apparently, Kev, he was supposed to. He was trying to fight in July. Uh, I think is what they said the target date was, and he wasn't specific on any main of opponent, but he did say Justin Gagey. He said, "Yeah, somewhere around there, uh, he was Ooh. looking at him as an opponent." Now that'd be a fun fight. Gone but- are the days where he's challenging the best athlete in another sport. That's mm-hmm. also. Um- by comparison, again, this would have been really helpful if he was still on the tour with Floyd, Mer- Floyd Mayweather. But this one, Justin Gaethje, this feels like a little bit of a, this is not a shot to Justin Gaethje. I think he wins that fight. Um, this is a bad sign for Connor because, one, whenever you talk to a professional fighter normally, they're very reluctant to get in fights. It's because they get paid very well, including this one, who gets paid as well as anyone. So just throwing that punch is normally like a $2 million endeavor. I personally would Mm. rather do it for that. That would be consider it like this. Imagine you had a little bit of a layoff, you know, maybe from jujitsu. Okay. And when you come back in, you're this competitive guy and you look around the room and you go, man, I was killing it at purple belt. I challenge the toughest white belt. Where is he? Bring him to me. Uh, you don't want a purple belt? You don't want a, a higher challenge? Hey, man, I'm just trying to get my feet wet again. Is there a child that wants to participate from the <laughs> class that wants to roll over? orange bit? belt <laughs> would be just fine. No, I understand it. Justin Gagey has a lot of violence, and I think that could be sellable. It is odd that Cowboy was not in the mix. He did, however, say he was looking at people like 
even Frankie Edgar, because he said Frankie Edgar was all about respect when that was happening. He mentioned Max Holloway and he said, you know, he didn't appreciate what Max Holloway was fully saying about him. He looked like he was taking some jabs at him, but he respected the way he did it. And the way he did it, too, was he goes, you know, Max found out it's not easy to go up a weight class. You know, <laughs> it's not as easy as some make it look. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you did that like five years ago. Anyway, dude, what are you doing now? And that's when the whole reconciliation language that they're doing makes sense. So I think this was to test the waters, to bring him back, but to make a case he's humbler, which, by the way, none of our fans believed. I think they've given him so many opportunities that when I put up and I I saw one of the early clips that they were like teasing before the interview went up and Ariel goes, I have to say, I had a conversation with. Conor McGregor, and he is the most humble version of him I've seen in a while. And most people, to me, as if I said it, said, bullshit. And I said, I didn't say it. No, it's not me. It's Ariel who said it. And people were going, yeah, but it's bullshit, Raph. And I want you to know that. But Ariel would like him back on the show in about a month and a half to two (laughs) months. So (laughs) them's the apples and the questions you get. (laughs) So... Kev, it was weird, but I really do feel like this weekend or the past couple weekends of the UFC getting it, I think it did egg him on a little bit. And he was looking to be back in July. The thing that he said held him up was he had um, some issues with, I believe, his hand is he injured it. Um, He was doing what he said was a charity boxing event, and then he kind of injured it there. And so he had to take some time off, but he was really, really looking to try and get back there. A charity boxing events when he just went and beat up a preacher at a church. He was like, who wants to donate money? In the name of the father, son, and me left hook. So, funny I... Fun fact, he got his ass kicked by that preacher, by the way. It was a 10-8 round. That's just what that's I heard from why, a few nuns. That's why it's untelevised. That's, that's why you didn't see the video of that one. They've got it. Don't worry. Somebody hey, follows listen. around Connor with the security camera all the time. If the Catholic Church can keep a raps on molesting kids... They definitely could keep footage of Conor McGregor losing to a priest. Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Oh, no, sorry. I'm just, I've only watched <laughs> the movie Spotlight 85 times. I just can't <laughs> have... To round this out, because I don't just, I want to, we're doing MMA celebrity gossip essentially right now because he's not really a fighter. So this isn't fighter news. But in other non fighter celebrity MMA news, did you see Ronda Rousey cut off a small piece of her finger almost? Yes. Mostly. I mean, 85%. Yeah, that's you sad. You don't have to fully sever it to kind of. Was she? Her post was, first of all, gross. So yeah. that was helpful. But it also <laughs> immediately. I just love the uh, modern medicine's amazing. It's already you know gone down the mend. Like, wait, what? It, it. So what made me sad about it was she was basically just on the set of nine one one. So the jokes already started to write itself. It's like Ron Rousey had to call nine one one on a show called nine one one. What are the odds? Um, then I started to think about it. And I go, well, I guess it's good she's not fighting anybody or anymore. I do wonder if the people at the WWE are like, could you not do that because we want you to come back whenever you're ready? Well, I have a whole different opinion. I th- mm. I think this means she might. She's like, I might be fucking invincible. Like if her oh, finger no. starts working again. She looked tough about it. I mean, uh, to me, that's just a simple sign of 
maybe it's time to return to MMA. Maybe maybe time <laughs> has toughened me because she finished the scene, which is, again, there are people that are built differently in this world than I am. For example, she said she didn't even notice. Ref, if I step on something that disagrees with the contour of my foot texture, I notice. If half of my finger is hanging off, under no circumstances am I figuring the, finishing the 911 scene. It's not happening. Can I be very clear? One thing that scared me as a kid that I recognized pretty early on was I was playing soccer. And I remember distinctly running up and down the field and then stopping at one point And one of my friends saying, hey, Raph, your knee's bleeding. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. Ow. Ow. Now I see it and I feel it. And they go, you didn't feel it the whole time? Like, there's a giant gash there. And I go, no. But then you pointed it out, and now I see it. And, and now it hurts because now my brain recognizes it. I was just working off adrenaline. So the big joke I always told people was, I really hope I never get shot. Though in this day and age, it's becoming, I guess, more and more prevalent as a possibility. But I always told people, I'm like, if I get shot, I'm going to be the person that goes, oh, did I just get shot? Especially if like you're like on stage or something, you would be fine. You'd be like, I got five more minutes left. I haven't gotten the light yet. You're like, oh, fuck. Guys, I got three more minutes and apparently two minutes left of life. So let's see how this end goes. I just always feel that someone has to tell me that something bad's going to happen to me. And then that's when I like look down and that's when I go, it was a fun dead. So that was what I was always legitimately worried about as a kid. And now that I see Ronda Rousey has that same adrenaline. But instead chose to fight through it. That's quite impressive. Um, yeah, I, I hope she's okay. And, you know, it's part of the Ronda Rousey is this whatever, I guess, she's just like a projection of what people hate in MMA. And normally they just throw shit at her that sometimes they go, that doesn't even sound like an argument you're just mad at her aren't they mad that she left like she everyone loved her while she was there i don't understand it yeah but you know what it is is like every once in a while you i was find bad for a few years out. too but I, I got over it sure but you know every once in a while they make somebody a scapegoat for just throwing projections of what they don't like about people onto one person and it felt like an mma she was that person like she might as well have been on Hillary Clinton Island offing people. Yeah. And because the might... two of them are just like in a cafe being like, who should we kill today? I don't know, but we hate everybody. Let's be Carmen San Diego. <laughs> and me thinks there might be a scotch amount of sexism involved, but oh, how, how dare I? Implied. But how dare you I'll... and how dare society? Well, I'll remind society Ronda Rousey never went up and hit an old man or threw someone's <laughs> phone or has had multiple altercations with the police. Whatever, dude. She didn't shake Misha Tate's hand. Okay. <laughs> I hope I want to go back and listen to myself being like, it's unsportsmanship. She just walks out there. It's I should go see if uh, I was a super hater about Ronda at some point. That'd be a fun. I mean, Revisionist Tuesday here. I on. feel like the things that we said at the time, I, I clearly remember going to see that fight live. And I said it was disappointing that she didn't shake her hand, but it was a fun fight, and the crowd was with Misha. That was 100% accurate. I remember one of the fun things we used to do was when Ronda Rousey was being kind of a diva, just from a small scale, we'd give her a hard time about it. But I don't know that she was ever that big of a diva that you look over and go, 
she just wants preferential treatment. What's that? What did John Jones do? Oh, well, she's a diva. Okay. And he ran over somebody. Okay. That's been pregnant. Oh, fuck. But she didn't shake Misha Tate's hand. Let's be very clear about that. So that's the part that's a little weird. So, yes, there is a little bit of a boogie woman situation here. There is one thing that I think I want to bring up, too, since we're bringing up other stuff. Did you see the Scott Coker names Ryan Bader the best heavyweight in the world? I saw it, and I won't respond to it. So my favorite responses are when people in our comment section go, well, what would you expect him to say? And I go, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because you know what happens? It's not like you have to say something about the situation. It is a different organization. And if you are doing it, you're just trying to dick ride the SEO of people talking about Stipe Maocic beating up fucking Daniel Cormier. And at the same point, those two people have had impressive careers in the UFC, whereas Ryan Bader had to leave the UFC where he was having some rough issues with some fighters that DC and Stipe have already kind of beat. It gets into this, and you talk about revisionists, Kevin. The thing that upsets me is I love when people start beating legends that are out of their prime and then thinking like, oh, man, I've got that heat. I beat Fedor. And it's like, you beat Fedor's ghost. How dare you? And I wonder, I'm like, yo, if you did win over Daniel Cormier. I'm fucking terrified of Fedor's ghost. Sorry, you said that. And I was yeah. like, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> but if you were really looking to beat Daniel Cormier, like you mentioned something about DAC looking a little retound, if you would, or rotund. First of all, I, I applaud it. I love that he's able yeah. to be such an athlete and so shapely. And it wasn't he wasn't fighting 205. So everybody can oh. back the judge off, you know. But, but are yeah, we talking looking about a little thick on that last one. Daniel Cormier that fucking did a giant slam to Josh Barnett or even one that did it to Hendo. I think the window to that guy is closing, if not closed. So, yeah, a more competitive match between him and Stipe makes way more sense. Scott Coker trying to be like, hey, does anybody want to talk about Ryan Bader? No. Well, he's the best. <laughs> Prove it. Yeah, we still don't want to talk to you about him, but thank you very much. Wow. It was a great so anyway, that's why when I saw that go up and I put that up and inevitably we have our fans that try to see the argument on all sides. I don't know. Sometimes when they put these posts up and they they put it out into the ether for us, I just look at them and I go, why did you get brought here? Because it's stuff like this. That also leads to the last one I'm going to bring up, Kevin, which is Ryan Hall apparently can beat Khabib Nurmagomedov, whatever. Yeah, so I want to be super clear here because I have two opinions about this. Okay. One, would love to see that fight. I okay. would really, I am so in on that fight. Two, can he? <laughs> can he? That's asking for a lot of leeway for a lot of heel hook. And I think Ryan Hall is super talented. I think that there is something unique about him. I think that a couple of our fans delusionally said, oh, well, I mean, Hall's got Khabib beat on the feet, like in their striking. He couldn't take him out. And I'm like, you've seen him do two roundhouse kicks. I don't really think. 
He's spinning that's heel hook someone last time. And while I love that, uh, that's what Khabib's, Khabib's ready for that. I think in Russia, they basically, or in Dagestan, they basically start you off in a heel hook when you're born. (laughs) So it's not to say that it wouldn't be effective on a wrestler-based kind of pressure and that people don't have that game. We know that in jiu-jitsu it exists. It just requires a lot of him not smash you for a long period of time. And I think I just need a little bit more evidence. But instead, you have Kenny Florian following the Scott Coker. I don't know if you guys really want somebody to say something like this, but I will. That makes you kind of hit your hand to your palm of your head. And frankly, that type of hand to palm is probably what Khabib does. I don't even, I'm starting to now think about the fact that I'm on Khabib's side with the uh, repunching of Conor McGregor. I was obviously like him slapping Dylan Dennis was one of those like, uh, I get it. Uh-huh. So <laughs> now, but now I think Khabib's a big winner. It was like Khabib just uh, smacked the hell out of him, gave him a little extra punishment that it sounds like he deserved. Well, <clears throat> it's kind of a weird, um, maybe you're bringing up kind of the same ideology of one Philip K. Dick of these individuals that have precog police like Khabib knew in the future that Conor McGregor was going to punch an old dude and was like, this is for when you punch old men in bar in six to eight months. But then we find out 10 months later because, you know, things like that to me is a little awkward. I think what happened is Khabib got his revenge. He beats him in the cage and then got obsessed. And that's the hardest part to me that I really do feel that there is an element of no one is that famous. Nobody knows what it's like to have people goat you around 24 seven. So that part of me is sympathetic. However, I'm pretty sure that there are a number of famous people, many celebrities, many humans, people who are recognized who don't go out of their way to punch innocent people. I think that's when it starts to get a little, you know, especially when it's the MMA crew, because we just already have a bad enough rap as is. The last thing we need is when people come up to us who barely follow the sport and they go, that Conor McGregor, right? And you just go, hmm. I always yeah. prefer it when they slightly get the name wrong. It's like, how's that Conrad McGregor thing going, right? <laughs> Conrad McGregor is my favorite That fighter. Jim Jones saga. Terrifying. <laughs> So to me, Kev, I I try to have that sympathy because I know how crazy fans can be and I know how in the face they can be to Hollywood celebrities and a lot of athletes as well when they feel there's an athletic component of, you think you're better than me? So, sure. <laughs> but, you know, when at, at one point Ariel said, do you think you have anger issues? Connor was just kind of like, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say that, you know, and it's like, yeah, you do. I I think when you say you're working on it every day and you don't know what the it is, it's an anger issue. We'll end on. I think this is a great one to end on. Is the answer, have you just randomly punched an elderly member of your community for no reason? (laughs) And you know his response would be like, it's complicated. It's like, it isn't. So (laughs) so that would mean you have some sort of anger impulsion issue. You better hope it's an anger issue because if you're just a full-on psychopath, we have a slightly more elevated problem. Well, don't forget this. The old man got interviewed that he punched. 
and the old man, I think it was from TMZ or something, he was like, I mean, I just didn't want his shitty fucking alcohol. Like, I didn't want his whiskey. It's shit. And I was bugged, and I was like, he's a bully with money. And I think the thing, the coup de grace, when he's like, yeah, he goes, I've taken hits before, so it's not my first time getting punched. But when they asked him if there was anything that upset him about the whole thing, he goes, yeah, I'm upset. I'm upset they call me 60 years old. I'm fucking 50. <laughs> and I said, whoever this old man is, he does sound like he could have goaded Conor McGregor than more than just declining it. But if he played a game of trying to upset the dude to the point where he would punch him, then bravo, he won that game nine times forward. But if he just happened to be a bystander who was just there just trying to have a good day at the pub, man, was that the best person to try and start shit with? Because that dude didn't give a fuck. And his interview about it is amazing if you haven't read it. Damn it. Okay. Well, this has been a very special Friday afternoon celebrity edition a verbal tap. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...